Hi guys, so today we're talking to Maria about gardening and mental health and about how gardening has helped her. So tune in and listen to Maria's story. Hi Maria and thanks for coming on the show. So would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Maria and um, I've been gardening for about five years seriously um, and a bit more of an amateur gardener for many years before that. <laughs> um, I live in Hampshire um, in Fleet um, and, which is in the southeast of England and um, I have uh, got quite a long garden um, which is nice. Was it for, did you want to grow food or was it to do with um, getting outside and making you feel better or? Both really. Um, I started gardening in my garden, mainly flowers um, in the flower beds. Um, When uh, we moved here about 15 years ago um, and I had a lot of failures because I think it was mainly because I didn't really know what I was doing <laughs> um, and uh, also because I think that the soil was so dry and everything just kept dying so it was quite a struggle at first but um, I thought well I'm going to make sure that I have wanted a pretty garden really um, because I love flowers and um, they'd always made me feel when I come outside because I'm quite an outdoor person really I like to be outdoors more than in um, and I wanted them into the colourful really so that's why I started um, adding plants to the garden um, and then when we all went into lockdown um, I, I put my name down for an allotment because I wanted to grow vegetables because I didn't have the room at home um, and um, all I had at home was two veg troughs that my husband had built me out of decking and um, I was growing salad crops um, in there um, and um, I wanted to grow bigger vegetables uh, which was a bit difficult when you haven't got a big garden um and you have four dogs like i have oh you have four dogs wow (laughs) that's amazing Um, that's right and they tend to take over the garden (laughs) and also they tend to dig up the garden so it was a bit of a sort of challenge really to grow vegetables and keep the dogs off of them so that we could eat them um so i put my name down for the allotment in 2018 um and then the weekend we went into um lockdown i received an email from the council and they offered me an allotment plot a starter plot and i was over the moon um 
really because I'd been struggling with my mental health in 2018 um, due to um, work, uh, the pressures of work. Um, I was a dog groomer, I ran my own business um, from home. Um, I had a, have a purpose-built salon at the bottom of my garden. Um, and I've been running that for about 12 years. Um, took on too many customers, couldn't say no, um, through my love of dogs. And um, it got to the stage where I wasn't coping very well. My assistant had left and I was still doing two people's work, um, which was having a really... Uh, a, a bad effect on my mental health and I began to shut down really um, and I found that the only place that I could feel relaxed was in my garden um, and sitting or being outside um, away from people away from the stresses of life and just sitting and enjoying nature really um, I started to realise that being in my salon for nine hours a day was not doing me any good um, and it was making me very depressed um, as well as having the anxiety and stress of running a business. So in some ways COVID actually helped me because it made me stop working when they shut everyone down and getting my allotment plot that weekend gave me something else to focus on rather than sort of sitting indoors and not, and not being able to go anywhere um, it gave me somewhere to go because luckily they let, let me um, let me go to your allotment which I think was so important for a lot of people um, especially people that didn't have gardens, maybe in flats, um, that had an allotment plot. And for me, it gave me somewhere to go and focus on and a new sort of start to my life, really. Um, and although it was only a very small plot, as you can imagine when you take on an allotment plot, it's uh, very overgrown, <laughs> uh, full of weeds and grass.
that it <clears throat> don't feel bad about it like think oh right okay that didn't work so I sort of learn from it rather than it's, it's, it's such a positive thing I think growing and you know nurturing plants and even for food or even for just enjoyment <clears throat> but I also it opened up a whole new world to me um, as you probably feel yourself when you see bees and butterflies visiting the flowers it just makes me feel really happy and listening to the birds and watching them in and out the trees and the bushes it just brought you know it just broadened my horizons i think with uh, with nature and i just thought this is what i love and this is where i love to be and the joy it gave me was like nothing else I've ever felt before, probably since I had my children 20 years ago. Um, and it gave me a purpose again. And I felt great about life. It's been such a great journey since. Definitely, I can 100% um, relate with, you know, COVID. Um, COVID for me, I think, changed me as a person. I think that... I always wanted to start to grow. I did grow with my husband and you know, life gets in the way. Like you're saying, you know, I want I want to grow food, I want to do that and then you work full time and, and, and life takes over, you know, family, friends, if you've got dogs. COVID happened and I am asthmatic, so I was told and I, I remember in work I was crying because I was told you need to go home and work and I thought and you need to ice you need to shield yourself so and then I went home and two days later we went into lockdown which I stay just outside Glasgow my mum and dad stay in Glasgow so the way restrictions were I couldn't see my mum I couldn't see my dad I couldn't see my twin ne- twin nephews who are, were four so I lost all that time with them I I'm, I live in Bells Hill, um, so I live beside my my husband's family, so I had them. But for me, being away from my dad, my mum, my nephews, my brother, it was I found it really hard. I found really hard working from home. I'm a I work in a nursery, so I'm always with people. I'm always out in the community with people, and I found it really hard to be stuck in the house. And I did suffer. I I, I mean I was really upset being stuck in the house and I think the garden and the allotment got me through COVID and I think also it gave me the chance to even though my husband complains now and says I took over his greenhouse because it was his greenhouse you know (laughs) (laughs) he's like he's like you've took over my greenhouse now and it was and I think for him he like you he's got quite a high power he's got quite a high power job and um, he does land and building events so for him he's a, he's got a stressful job so him he was kind of furloughed so because the, the the building sites and stuff shut down so for yeah. him he got to be at home with me and our, we had another dog who passed away in september stella she um so it was me and stella and we got the rabbits that mm. i that just I just love pets so and and I think for my husband he just thought this is brilliant like I get to shut off my mind and I, his, yeah. he told me his mental health actually got better during lockdown being here being with me being with the being with the animals and being in the garden just pottering about he yes. loved it 
I mean, I, there was parts of it I did like. I liked the fact that I could go out and I grew far too much veg seeds. Me too. I I, <laughs> I sowed the whole packet of everything, um, and then I had my allotment, which, like you're saying, gave me that. I went to the allotment and I spent a day there, and I thought it kind of lifted my my spirits when I came back, um, because as much as it's like this, we're talking on Zoom. But as much as you can talk to people on Zoom, being being without your family, Zoom's no great, you know. And it's I still did struggle. I really, really struggled. I struggled with um, missing things, missing birthdays. And I know it, it was to keep everybody safe because my mum, my mum, my mum, my, my brother, and my two nephews and me are all got asthma, which is you know my husband's got an autoimmune disease. Um, he's got psoriatic arthritis, so um, psoriasis. He had psoriasis, which has basically attacked every joint. So um, a good few years ago, um, when he was just turning 30, uh, just turning 30 um, it started with arthritis symptoms and it got really bad to the point where he, he couldn't walk. Um, oh my gosh. And, I, you know, it was it was sad to see because he, he was saying to me, I'm, I'm only in my 30s and I can't walk. I'm going to have to wear a wheelchair and... and to see somebody who's so active, and he is dead active, he, he loves doing DIY, he loves, he's got a car, he won a car in a competition, which he, is, that for him I think helps his mental health, doing the cars, so he's, he's get, he likes the garden, and he likes mechanics, so, yeah, and DIY, hands on as well. so I think for him he felt like my life's been taken away from me because I, I, I'm not going to be able to do it in a love, so thankfully, um, after years and years of waiting on the NHS to be given the treatment he's got now, um, we got the treatment and, and it's, I mean, he's still sore. He'll never be not in pain. He's, you know, he's learned to live with it. It's mild pain, but he can get about um, and do the garden. And like this weekend, he was out kind of sorting some of the garden. They said, I've done too much. I'm tired today. And yeah. I think for him, you know, the garden, and he, he said to me, because we were, we were watching Chelsea um, highlights, last night and I was saying to Monty was on what Monty Dawn for me is one of my favourite gardeners. I saw we went to oh, <laughs> we went to Gardeners World Live um and I I, I spoke to uh, I, I listened to Monty I wish I'd spoke to him. Um I listened to Monty <laughs> speaking and I actually started tearing up because he was talking about how his depression he'd got himself into such a low depression just like you're saying and he and it was because of his job and he started gardening and i think sometimes people don't always understand the power of gardening until Definitely. you know you actually start doing it and yeah for me i thought wow you know it's great to hear somebody who's got that platform talking about it and sharing Definitely. stuff and even the allotment as well like because people i do have i've lucky we've got a big garden and and i remember people i know and it, uh, people i work with at first saying why have you got an allotment plot now my allotment plot isn't big it's it's three by three meters it's in grand scheme of things, it's tiny, but for me, yeah. it was big enough because I thought this is a challenge. How am I, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do yeah. now. I've got that much because I've done it for a few years. I'm like, right, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to put there. But at the time, I think for me, it was more about the and it is still. It's about the community. It's about meeting people. It's about like yes. 
the ages of people you meet you mean there's people who's young there's people there's kids there's people who are in their retirement and you get a, to speak to everybody and it's just even some days like yeah. that there, there's yeah. a lady who's opened up to me because I was talking to her about my husband he came down and I was telling her about his depression and she said I've got depression she started talking to me about how she feels and then she she said you know what it's great to talk to you because I get I can come here and I can just talk to you and I feel better you know and even just that for other people just getting to chat to people and people understanding because I think a lot of the time sometimes people are scared still even though it is getting better oh, there's, a, yes, definitely. there's a lot of celebrities coming out and, and which is fantastic but I still think people are scared and even I was I've said it before on my podcast I was scared years ago to say my husband had depression yeah. because I did get negative feedback you know I kind yeah. of people didn't know what really want to know or people would kind of say um oh, don't, don't want to deal with that just kind of maybe maybe you should just you know just go and find oh, somebody else and I'm like <laughs> I'm like you don't yeah. you, hang on a minute here what if something happened what if something happened to me so you think if yeah. something happens to your family member you've just to go and leave them just just leave them I thought no that's not the way you do it and I think I really think nobody understands I mean I still don't understand and it's true I don't think I'll I'll ever understand how it feels to have depression and anxiety but my husband speaks to me about how he feels and and speaking to people on here they express how they feel it kind of gives me a better understanding but I don't think unless you actually somebody you really care about has depression or if you yourself suffer from it, I don't think you really understand until you have to deal with it and support someone. Because yeah, I think I, I don't think uh, I would um, have got through it without my husband. Because um, I did, I, I did really. I mean, they don't call it a nervous breakdown these days, apparently. But I was under the mental health crisis team, and um, because I got to the point. Um, at Christmas 2019 where my whole family knew that something was wrong and I wasn't myself I usually love Christmas and my husband said what is going on and I said I don't know what's going on I just don't want to be here anymore and he was quite shocked and I said I just don't like my life and I it took me a long time to admit that to him it had been many months of me feeling like that I mean he's my best friend I've been, we've been together since we were 15 um, and you know we're coming up to 50 so it's been a long time and my daughter who I'm close to she's 21 she said mum what's going on you're just not yourself and I'm worried and she said you always see you're very flat you don't seem to get any enjoyment out of anything and my husband said what what is going on I I need to know but it took me a while to realize that I just was not happy I was really really miserable and I didn't know what was causing it and I think the biggest thing for me was is that it absolutely terrified me that I felt like this because I couldn't cope with the feelings, the immense overwhelming feelings of anxiety 
and I was getting um, like uh, sweaty palms, panic attacks. Um, I didn't want to leave the house. I got paranoid. I started thinking that people were talking about me. Um, it really, my brain was really shutting down. And it was really scary because I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, and my husband took, well, I mean, two or three times I spoke to the doctor. And he didn't really understand what was happening at first because he, um, I mean, they did blood tests, they did hormone checks, um, especially for a woman of my age. Um, he started saying maybe it's the menopause. Um, I can refer you to a gynaecologist, um, <clears throat> I can, you know, I, I can do a blood test and they started checking and going through all of, but it was taking time, it was taking weeks and weeks and weeks and by that time I felt myself slipping into a very dark place um, and then come January I didn't want to go back to work, I could not see myself coping with going back to work, I completely so my husband said, well, you're not going back to work because you, 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 I couldn't even cope with, I didn't even want to get out of bed. Um, and then one Saturday, I literally, my husband went to work and he came home and I'd been in bed all day crying my eyes out, not knowing what was happening to me and absolutely petrified. Um, and he said, right, that's it, Monday, I'm taking you to the doctors. We need, you need to talk to somebody. And I said, but I don't know what to say because I don't know what is going on in my own head. I don't know why I feel like this. I don't know what's causing it. And I think as, as, as mums, sometimes you're always, and, and as women, I mean, maybe men are the same, but we're always looking for a solution. But when you have a problem, you're always trying to think why so you can fix it. And I couldn't find a solution to, and, and a reason of why I was feeling like that. It didn't make sense. I kept thinking, well, what's happened? What's gone wrong? What, what, you know, it was really hard. And the more I thought about it, the more anxious I got, and the more I could physically feel my body, I stopped eating. I couldn't eat, I could barely drink, my throat, well, my throat was closing up, it was really scary, I've never felt so scared in my life, and yeah, when I went to the doctors, my husband just said, I think we need help, like really, he was brilliant, he just said, we need help and we need it now, not in a week's time, not in three weeks time, you know, Maria feels like she doesn't want to be here anymore. And that absolutely, he was scared because I had felt like I was, I, I'd even talked about what I was going to do and that frightened him. But I found myself becoming emotionless as well. Like it, it, all my emotions, and I'm quite a sensitive person anyway, and I'd stopped crying, I'd stopped feeling. I'd almost gone, felt like I'd gone numb. And that was what was scaring me because it was like I felt like, like, well, my husband, I think, said to me afterwards, it's like you've given up. You, you've basically given up. You decided that you were going to do something and you were going to end your life and you were not going to be here. 
but I felt this immense pain in my chest of what I was going to do to my kids. Um, you know, at the time my daughter was 19, my son was um, 17, he just left school, um, and I thought, how are they? Part of me was thinking, how are they going to cope without me? Um, but another part of me was thinking, but they are no good to them the way I am, and I couldn't see myself getting better. I thought that that was it. My life was, I was going to always feel like this. So luckily, my doctor was really good and got me in to see the mental health team, the crisis team, um, at our local hospital, and I saw a psychiatrist. And although I was absolutely petrified going in there, and it did take a lot for my husband to almost drag me in there, because I, in the end I didn't want to leave the house, I knew that I let him take over really. He, I was not functioning. He was, you know, cooking, he was cleaning, he, he, he stopped working because he was too scared to leave me. And if I wasn't with him, I was with my parents, who were fantastic. And the only person that I felt understood where I was coming from was my husband, but also my mum, because my mum then opened up to me and told me that she had been through exactly the same um, when she was in her 40s. And I had no idea um, that she had been through the same thing. And she just kept telling me that it, it will get better because that was the thing. I could not believe that it was going to feel, it was going to get any better. I was in such a dark place and I was so scared that I, I couldn't, I didn't believe anybody. The reassurance that everyone was giving me, I kept thinking, no, because you've not been through this, you don't understand how I'm feeling. But when my mum said to me, it will get better, I promise you, it sort of gave me that little glimmer of hope. And also, because the psychiatrist listened to me, and she obviously knew what she was doing, I was in there for two hours. Um, but I found it really difficult. But we also, obviously, there was past traumas in my life. Um, I lost my daughter, um, my youngest daughter, as a baby. Oh, no, I'm um, so sorry. Yeah, it was very painful, and um, it had a massive effect on me, which I didn't realise. And I suppose those traumas can come back even years later when you're feeling low. And you, when you're low, sometimes you do start feeling like the whole world is bleak. And then you think about everything that is negative in your life. It's very hard to focus on something positive. And I felt like I couldn't, my business, I felt like I was a failure. My business, I couldn't work. I felt like I was a rubbish mother because I was like a zombie to my children and I didn't even get any enjoyment out. I couldn't walk the dogs, I couldn't leave the house. So I felt like my life was like over really. And then that was when I sort of, my dad started talking to me. So my dad's been a gardener all my life. And as a child, I had to pick and help and so, and I hated it when I was younger because <laughs> it was a chore and we were told to do it. So my dad tried to 
trying to talk to me said to me why don't we get out in the garden and why don't what about if you grew some vegetables in with your flowers and i i couldn't get my head around it and i said well why would I, why would you do that? But you've always had vegetable plots in your garden. And, you know, I didn't even think about growing the, with the flowers. And he said, well, yes, you know, you can grow the companion planting. You can grow them. And he, we started talking about it. And I've always had quite a difficult relationship with my dad because I think sometimes when your parents, you have one soft parent, you have one strict parent. My dad was always a strict parent. So I always sort of shied away from him and turned to my mum. And my mum's not the gardener. She likes houseplants, but my dad is an outdoor person. And he, I love being outdoors and walking my dogs in the woods and, um, you know, being in nature because that's what I find solace at. And that was my peace and quiet away from the stress of the life. But he said to me, you know, now you're not working, why don't you? And at first, it was too much. But I think as the medication that they gave me helped me relax, and once it was sorted out, um, and I felt like um, it was almost like a, a something for me to focus on, to stop focusing on why I felt like it. It was, I needed a distraction, something that wasn't stressful, that I could do in my own time and wasn't for anybody else but me. And I think after being a, a wife, a mum, for so long, I'd always put everyone else first and my business. I'd never thought about what I enjoyed, what I wanted to do. You know, everything came first for me. It was, you know, I'm sort of the children, my husband, the dogs, my parents, my work. And really, I realised now I, I didn't do anything for myself, ever. Nothing I did was for just me. And I sort of, that sort of blew me away, really, because when my dad said to me, well, what do you enjoy? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> and he said, well, you enjoy being outdoors. And when he said about putting my name down from the lockman, and he, he actually inquired for um, he said, do it, you know, I'll pay for it, he said, I'll pay the deposit, I'll pay whatever, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of my tools, you don't have to worry about money, because obviously giving up a business and losing your wage was another massive anxiety on top of it, and me panicking about not only the loyalty to my customers, but also the income, I was panicking, thinking, we're never going to survive, you know, of one income. And my husband was obviously, he's a um, carpenter, so he was furloughed and he was self employed, but both self employed. So I was thinking, what the hell are we going to do? We've got no money coming in. How are we going to pay the mortgage and the bills? Um, you know, we're, we're still supporting my son, he was at college, and um, my daughter's a hairdresser, so she was furloughed. And she was on 80%. So it was it, it was so much going on at the time. But also, then when the government said that they were going to help self-employed people with this grant, it was a massive relief. 
because for once self-employed people were being helped because it's very difficult I think when you're self-employed you know you're, you're totally you're solely responsible for everything you know you, you don't take much holiday you 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 know otherwise you don't get paid so yeah it can be quite hard and it was just a build-up of everything I think just a build-up where I needed something for myself for the first time in a long time and having the garden and being outside and because we had such fabulous weather when we went into lockdown it, down here it was we had three months of really hot lovely weather um, and so being outside and being in the sun uh, just made me feel so much better having that vitamin D and having something else to focus on that's nothing to do with anything in my life that I've done before and it was just for me like my husband made me a wooden sign saying Maria's garden and I just thought wow it's, it is my garden because I'm the only one that's going to do anything in it and my husband being off work said right that's it we're going to take all the grass up because the dogs had dug big holes in it <laughs> it was literally like tufts and mud and it looked awful and with having the dog grooming business all the dogs that are coming in the salon and used it so it just looked awful the flower beds were just awful there was just shrubs in it that were couldn't have any flowers because they just dug them up and you sowed seeds and they just ruined it weed on it and killed it all the grass was dead <laughs> so it just looked awful so he said right okay i know what we're gonna do so another project as well as digging up all the stuff off of the allotment the, the weeds and everything clearing that was also moving divide our time between that and the garden so all of us got involved my both my children we got <clears throat> uh, cobbles delivered um, we dug all the grass well the mud and the grass out we, we leveled it we put a liner down we put cobbles down we put we made big borders um and i started reading things online about gardening I started watching Gardeners World. I started watching loads of gardening programs. And then RHS Chelsea was online. Um, and I was absolutely blown away by the garden designs. And I thought, my God, a garden doesn't have to be just a lawn with flower beds at either side. Gardens can be what you want. They can be meandering. They can have paths. They can things in the middle you know and it it sort of opened my eyes to it and within about three months I felt about 80% better than I had done for many many years because all I focused on was being outside and my garden and my allotment and I had nothing else to focus on and I took massive inspiration from Instagram going on my daughter set me up on Instagram uh, I said to her I don't like Facebook I said I've come to realize that people like to moan on Facebook <laughs> I agree and, 
which would go cold because I would just be so into it. Before I'd even hardly woken up, my husband would wake up and I'd be not even in bed. I would, he, he knew straight away that I was outside in the garden. And I'd never done that before. I'd always been rushing to get to work, you know, rushing to, to walk the dogs before work, rushing down to my cabin. Uh, and I thought, this is amazing. This is like Sunday morning every day. And it was just such a great feeling, um, sort of to be outside and to be watching. And I started bird watching as well. I've got, I've got binoculars out that I've never used before. I got bought them many years ago, but I think probably by my dad um, for when I'm on a dog walk. I've never used them. And I started watching the birds. And I started getting into... I, I started following a, a lady on Instagram, Izzy Fry. And she's, she's she works with rescues and they ring tag birds and... I was absolutely astonished by the amount of birds that then I began to recognise in the garden and butterflies and the types of bees and beetles and it just made me feel so excited so I built a, a log pile for the beetles. You were talking about you started bird watching. I did, yes. Um, I think that having a connection to nature, it was the it was the bees and the butterflies that started to come in the garden and visiting flowers. And then I started when I was sitting out in the morning with my coffee, um, sitting in my garden. I could I noticed all the birds as well and. Um, so I bought some bird feeders and uh, started feeding them and then started watching um, what birds came and um, I put a, I've got a bird bath and so um, I was watching them come and have a drink and um, the little garden birds um, mostly the um, sparrows and the uh, blue tits um, and the robins and um using the bird feeder and then um, one morning much to the delight of my daughter and I we noticed that a robin was um, inside my husband's work shed and I thought how's it got in there and we noticed that there was a crack in the perspex just in one corner and it was quite a small um, round opening but I thought it must be going in there so we thought, I wonder if it's made a nest. And so we started sitting there every morning. We'd rush out and we'd sit there and wait to see. We started noticing this robin was coming in and out. And then there was two of them. And I thought, yeah, they're building a nest. And then a few days later, there was, we noticed these little brown, scraggly things oh. hopping up and down in the window. And there was a bit of wood, like a ledge, um, below the window, and they were sitting on there waiting for the parents to bring them the food. And we've got big oak trees at the bottom of our garden, so we thought, well, they're probably getting the caterpillars um, from, from the trees. And they were flying in and out, and they were really working hard. 
much pleasure to watch. And my daughter started recording it on her phone uh, of this pair of robins coming in and out. And we started, it became sort of a morning ritual to get up, grab a coffee, rush into the garden, even come back in and grab your breakfast and rush back out there and sit in the garden every morning and watch this pair of robins and watch them fly up into the oak trees and get the get the grubs and um, go back and feed the fledglings and it was so exciting and it really was so such a joy to watch and think I can't believe that they're I started 
wearing long sleeves to cover myself and yeah it was really bizarre because I'd never had to think about that sort of thing before and it was fantastic because I sewed all of these flowers that I'd sewn from seed, I pricked out, I potted on, some of them went really leggy and were useless and I thought right well you over sewn <laughs> left them in the seed trays too long but I didn't know any of that when I sewed them but as I read and found out more information by following people on Instagram that were more um, knowledgeable than I was it inspired me and I learned from it and then the next packet I sewed I thought right less less in and further spaced apart prick them out quicker and get them in the ground um, and yeah it was amazing because we had to dig out a big rhododendron bush that had taken over one of the flower beds and the roots you've never seen anything like it so then I, my dad was saying to my dad you know what, what can I do to improve the soil and he said you need to add matter organic matter and I thought yes I don't want to harm the wildlife so I think I'm going to go down the organic route and he'd always been an organic gardener um, and he said to me you can you can garden without using any chemicals and I said well I don't want to hurt the wildlife the birds the bees the moths the butterflies and he said well you don't need to you can just improve your soil and let nature take its course and if things don't grow then they're not right for that your soil so i added so much compost um and i dug it in and i spent ages preparing the flower beds so that they were rich in good soil and i, I worked it all into the soil got all these big roots out oh it was really hard work i think i lost about a stone and a half that that first year 2019 just from gardening and my husband kept saying to me, Are you eat? And my appetite returned because I was doing something physical, and but I loved it. And I, the, the, the elation it gave me, sorry, someone, my husband's just come home. It's okay. Like, oh. <laughs> my dog was barking in the first section. <laughs> I'll just ignore it. <laughs> Home. So they're all a bit crazy now. Daddy's home. <laughs> my, my, our new puppy, she's the same. Our, my other dog didn't bark. Um, she was a rescue dog. Um, so we don't know, we don't really know why. She just never barked. But um, oh. Lila is making up our new puppy. She's she's um, just 10 months. So she's making up for all the barking. Uh, she's quite a barker. But she's, we are training her. She's, she's learning to kind of... Oh, what breed is she? Um, she's a German Shepherd Cross. So... Um, oh. But I, we, she, I don't think she's going... We think she's kind of crossed with a collie. So we think she's taking more of the collie. Because she's not yeah. getting any bigger. So we think she's going to be oh. like a collie. But she's got the German Shepherd marking. Just not with like the, oh, the frizzy um, hair, but oh, she's yeah, she's just she's just so intelligent. She's great, but oh. yeah, um, but yeah, but I, I totally oh, I, I do as well. I, I love animals. Um, I I totally get what you're saying about wildlife because we had done the garden 
before and when I started doing the garden with my husband he had always and that's just the way it was you know back when we had our first house you would just get pesticides you know if you had like white fly or you had whatever you would just spray the flowers and you would just wouldn't think about it and you'd be like I, w I want them off so I want, they're going to die yeah. my, fl my flowers whereas when I started getting into looking at um, when I found out about like beekeeping and how bees are so important to pollinators and even wasps last year I was there I found out how important wasps are to pollinate because a lot yeah. of people think what do wasps to do but they actually are really good pollinators so I yeah. thought and even slugs so this year I really wanted like yes. to have butterflies um, bees I've never seen so many different types of bees um, in my garden and even insects like we not that it's a good thing to happen but we had um a lily beetle so we had lilies and we got a we got one lily beetle and it, even though it's not a good thing to, because they eat your lilies and kill them i was like wow we've got a lily beetle and, and i've only seen them on tv but they're in the garden now it was like um and it was just amazing and we we did get a lot of butterflies and i know that's on my other page um that i started the instagram with I'd put on that I had like the cabbage white butterfly and it because I've got broccoli yeah. growing um, and someone had commented saying oh no get rid of them and I was like no like and even slugs like in our garden there was nothing when we started so when we took up the patio there was about 40 slugs and yeah. <laughs> we were like wow yeah, we get a lot of slugs. so we were kind of uh -huh, they were they were massive and they just were breeding yeah. we loads of them and it's and this year I kinda when I was started growing and then I wanted my vegetable box that my husband last year he built me one and it was kinda like I didn't really know what I was I was wanting whereas this year like he revamped it and built me a new one um, and I said to him and even he kinda came round because at first he was because we've got rabbits as well so when I grow stuff I'm growing for the yes. rabbits to eat and I'm growing for us to eat so I can't really I couldn't really put pesticides on the stuff for the rabbits to eat because no. that that's the, the rabbits but then I thought I don't really want to kill either so no. I thought you know I'm just gonna have to let the slugs come in and I've heard as well gardeners saying like so I suppose it is like someone said to me so you're an organic gardener and I was like I had yeah. never really thought about it until they said no. and, and I said well yeah I don't want to kill anything so I can't really say I want to put I want more wildlife in my garden but then put out the stuff to kill them so I was like yeah. no do you know so we haven't used any pesticides since 2019 when I started gardening and my husband was like he even said today he was even said to me like well do you know we want to attract more wildlife to the garden so we can yeah. we're just gonna have to let plenty of love with them and I know some gardeners do put out like see like you're grow a plant so maybe it would be like you sacrifice a plant type thing that, that the yes. slugs can eat all that plant and then you plant more yeah. of the plant so that maybe you will get it but do you know what i think it's the circle of life like you know definitely and it, it was i was even quite excited even though the, the caterpillars have ate like loads of, loads of my broccoli and it's still growing yeah. it's, it doesn't stop it I thought, That's right, yeah. I thought the butterflies came and it's laid its eggs and now there's little caterpillars and they're going to be butterflies and it, I yeah. thought you know what that's it's more about it's not always about feeding yourself it's more about helping and yeah I have had food to eat but I, which is great but then I think you're also helping the environment as well and it's better Definitely. 
and it's great to watch you know I'm I love to go out like you I go out I'm always out in the morning you know if I see something I'm out in my slippers and dressing gown taking pictures of the like oh there's a bar oh look at that butterfly oh look at that look at that hoverfly or like oh look at oh there's a honeybee and my husband's like why are you taking pictures of all that and I'm like because it's nice he's not into yeah. taking photos he he's really um quite shy in the sense that he doesn't want to be on camera, he doesn't want his picture shared. It doesn't mind me speaking yeah. about him and his story and stuff, but um yeah. it just doesn't want to be involved in it or anything. Um no, it, I understand that. But yeah. you know, I think gardening for me has it's nice to hear how gardening has helped you and how it's it's just yeah. kinda of changed your life. But in my my sense it's changed my confidence, my self esteem, being able to talk Definitely. to people. So yeah. me, me speaking to you, like when lockdown happens, like I'm quite outgoing and chatty and you know, I run about with the kids and pretend to be like princesses and all that. And that's my job and, and, I, and I don't care. Like I, I don't care, I run about, you know, pretending I'm a butterfly in the garden with the kids. But yeah. when my boss, <laughs> when I was working at home, um, like my boss was saying, oh, we need to do stuff for learning for the kids and what can you do? And, and I was like, oh, I could do some gardening videos. But at, at, at the time, it, it thrilled me with dread because I thought, oh my goodness. And and I made like a wee video. It was like a video of just saying hello and I'd put Toy Story. My husband likes Toy Story, so he's got Toy Story toys. We don't have get any kids yet. But um, I, I'd put a like Toy Story um characters watering with me and all that and I was doing like waving at them and saying hello and, and everybody was like your videos were fantastic and I was like oh I just kinda and that that spurred me on to do it and I thought do you know what you're gonna have to get over this fear of yeah. you know being on camera and I, I say to yeah. people now who don't like doing it I'm like just imagine you're speaking to me just think I'm stand just or just imagine your husband or somebody standing at the other end yeah. and you're speaking to them because then I think a lot of people think, oh, the video's on me. If you just think you're just chatting to somebody about something that you're... Yeah, and when you're passionate about something, you can talk about it. Because even like one of the, one of the other guys I spoke to, he, he started following me um, on Instagram just recently. And he said to me, how can you speak so long for about gardening? And I said... That's what my husband says. See, when you're a guy...
sort of stresses of life. And I thought I can relate to that. It's when you find someone that has the same passion as you, and because she is an organic gardener and she's very um, into supporting um, nature and um, diversity. And I thought she's an inspiration to, to sort of follow and watch. And then sort of finding like-minded people, it makes you feel so good because you feel connected. Um, and you think, you know, I'm not the only one who feels like this. Um, and also I started, um, we have a, um, like a natural um, site of natural importance for conservation in our local woods at the end of my road. And uh, so I joined the Friends of um, the Park that, that helped manage that area. And uh, one day I was walking down there with my dogs and they were spraying pesticide and I completely freaked me out. And I, I challenged, I, I never normally do things like that. Um, and I challenged this, this guy who's doing it. And he said to me, I, um, I completely see your point. He said, but it's the, it's the council, you know, that we work for. And I said, right, okay, I'm gonna write to the council. And I did, I came home. I um, actually knew the lady um, that runs the eco shop in, in our town. And I messaged her um, on Instagram because um, I follow her on Instagram, and she um, also had been campaigning for the water for the verges not to be cut um, to the council, and I, I told her what was happening. So she said, right, I'm going to write to them, I'm going to email them as well. So we both did it, we found out who the councillor was responsible for that, that area, and we, we emailed him. And um, his response was, that it was going to be a one-off so i said to him i wanted reassurance that it was never going to happen again because uh, of what happens um, to you know you're destroying the pollinators and it's a natural conservation area and how could you be using chemicals that could go into the, the, the area the heathland and the nearby stream and he he actually he, he, I, I actually put quotes in there from the Wildlife Trust um, and I think it opened his eyes to it because he, he said that he looked into it and he, he agreed and said that they wouldn't be using it again. The country would stop the contractors using it. And um, the lady who runs the eco shop has successfully campaigned to stop them cutting the verges. And I've noticed in the last sort of couple of years, a couple of summers, and I think lockdown was good for that because no one could work, um, that all the verges were left long. And I think I have seen such an increase in nature. At first I thought, is it me? To just opening my eyes to the fact that there is more pollinators because now I'm in that sort of environment of become gardener. Um, or is it because people are becoming more aware, I think, of since we went into lockdown of what's on their doorstep instead of being sort of very focused on and driven on work and going on holiday abroad people have been looking at what's on their doorstep and that's worked for me um because now i've it's opened my eyes to the area i live in 
and I wanted to be good for everybody, um, you know, not just for people, but good for the wildlife and good for um, nature itself. I want nature to be able to recover. So I've got more involved in reading things about climate change and about how we can support, um, you know, the country and the places that we live in. And one of the things that blew me away was when I read or heard somewhere that I think it might have been on Gardeners World, to be honest, that our gardens make up, if you added up everybody's gardens in the whole of Great Britain, that they actually, the area, the land mass is greater than the, what there is in the country, sort of in, in the wild. Our gardens are actually more space added all up together. So it's so, that's why it's so important to make sure your garden supports the environment. Um, you know, for the birds, the bees, the butterflies, etc. Um, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, de yeah, definitely. I think I think you're right, and I think that lockdown has kind of. I mean, we've we're a working castle, Milk and Glasgow. Pe people were saying they'd saw deer, they'd saw you know animals coming out, and it was like people were videoing it like you, and it's it's like sometimes I say to my husband, you know you look and there's like bits of land and then people buy it and build houses and as much as we need houses to live I also say to my husband but it's sad really isn't it because we're taking we're taking um animals habitats away and really Definitely. they could end up going extinct because we want a house you know do, do we need yeah. so we need so many houses you know it's yeah. it I think you and that's why I was actually talking to um someone about who who I was going to volunteer with in the summer there and I said you know it'd be great if you could actually see when you got a house that they gave you like a vegetable bed or they gave you a vegetable yes. bed and a flower bed and even if you're not into gardening there's something to maintain that you would um that you would be able to everybody would have something in their garden that was easy to manage and brought wildlife in because if we're taking so much of the it away we've got to give back we've got to have stuff in the garden that can help the environment so sometimes i think yeah we, we need to open our eyes and um look about what we're doing do we really need it do we really need that stuff and i think we need to kind of look houses so they don't give anybody any land so <clears throat> you're right it's important to make sure that those gardens then support even however small they are that they're diverse enough to support the wildlife and I think that's what people are starting to become aware of now um, you know I've, since I've sort of started talking to other people about gardening I've realised that people are, are, are now gardening for nature, not just for the aesthetics for themselves, but for the fact that they want to bring nature in and support it. And that's the bit I love, that connection between the two. And I think that <clears throat> platforms like the RHS and Gardeners World, being on board with that, I think that they are trying to get that message out and that we can trust and that, that you know, if we don't help support it, we're going to lose it. Like you say, it's going to go extinct. I mean, look at hedgehogs. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a hedgehog. And 
it's really sad because when I was a child, I remember hedgehogs were just normal, like birds. Mm-hmm. You know, most people had a hedgehog visit their gardens, but because we've got rid of all the hedgerows and put up fences, all the new builds are fences. They can't get through. There's no highway for them, um, and it's just—it's really sad the decline of them. You know, if you—I know it sounds awful, but. A lot of times, a lot of hedgehogs used to be run over. Mm-hmm. It was quite a common thing to see a hedgehog on the road. I can't remember the last time I ever saw a hedgehog a I, I can't remember the last time I saw a hedgehog, even a frog, because we we were animate where our mama and dad live. It's like a there's a woodland type kind of area behind it, yeah. and I remember like you're saying as a child, I remember you know seen a hedgehog I remember seeing frogs in my garden and and yeah. I think when do you see that now we're we're going to add up on to um the other the other side where the rabbits kind of run is um we're going to add like a, a pond because we want more wildlife in the garden and I was speaking to one of the um a lot members and I was saying to her I was saying I'd really love to have frogs in the garden do you think if do you think if I build a pond it'll, they'll come and she went yeah if you build it, they'll come. Yeah. You'll have, you'll yeah, get them. You'll get like um, dragonfly. Because we actually had it. There must be someone around here who's got some sort of pond or something. Because yeah. and I actually was quite astonished. It was the summer there because I don't work this summer because I work. I get the school holidays off, and um, I was like that to my husband. The, the, the dragonfly in the garden. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where it came from because we don't have any water as such. And our our garden is really large, but. There's no water, and I was like, "There's how is it came? And I I can't understand." Yeah. And he, he was like, "Oh, there must be someone in there that's got a pond or something." Um, and I just thought it's amazing to see that, and hopefully, um, we will get a pot. But I'm also thinking, um, although it being a small scale, um, I made a pond in the nursery. We did like a pallet garden, so I had a small pond. But I also in my polytunnel allotment which the doors are open as well anyway but I was thinking I want to try and have a tiny pond even like like if it was like some sort of ba- yeah, basin or something just just put just uh, yeah put it in my pond and and like stuff yeah. for wildlife to and then have the veg and the flowers so I mean it's going to be good you know when I started doing my plot I remember saying to my husband and the the, the, uh, the allotment committee member who was like giving me the keys. I was like, I'm quite scared actually. I don't know what to do. And they were like, No, like, what are you scared for? And I was like, They were like, You'll be able to do it. And and I was like, Do you think I will? And they're like, And then like, see at the end, of, I remember the the um, chairman of the allotment. He came up to see my um, allotment the first kind of year when it was locked down, and he said, Your your plot's amazing. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And but I was just so astounded like by the fact that I could grow it. For me, it yeah. was just I mean I just kept looking at it and thinking this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Look how grew this. Yeah. And um it it's just like it's amazing. It's a way, doesn't it, what you can achieve. Uh-huh. Really. And it's just you get lost in it. I get I, uh-huh. I don't even realise the time. Yes. I'm getting a text from my husband you coming home <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm the same I always say right I've stopped saying it now right but I still say I'm just going to go to the allotment for an hour five yes. hours later yeah. and my husband's like yeah. are you coming home for dinner because you've been longer than an hour and I'll, and you know even sometimes like I, I when I go to the allotment and it's just 
me sometimes like there's not anybody yeah. there if i go early in the morning there's no, nobody there i would sit mm. like you and i would just watch the birds and the bees mm. and and just sit and just take it all in but mm. a lot of the time yeah, I, I i end up speaking to people just about you know how they are or, or like something yeah. they've grown they like, oh look at look what i've grown or you know you swap yeah. plants and um i just think yeah it's lovely isn't it yeah it's, it's a community feeling because you're all in the same sort of boat aren't you mm-hmm. and you, it's nice to be with like-minded people and i mean people that you may never really normally speak to um you know because sometimes people are shy aren't they and they they don't want to mm-hmm. speak but because you're speaking about something that you've both got, in, got things in common with it brings people out of themselves and um as you can probably tell, I'm quite a chatty person. So I joined the committee um, this year. Oh, wow. And, um, I've really enjoyed being in on it because we did our first show uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it oh, was yeah. really good. It was really exciting. And uh, it was really nice because then I get to talk to people about what we were going to do and, you know, what, what, what how we were setting it up and we got the mum's part of the Women's Institute and we got them to come and they did cakes and uh, craft things and yeah it was really lovely, it was more like a community thing so it was nice because people then got to look around the allotments because um, it was like an open day and uh, yeah I felt quite proud and, you know of my plot and I couldn't you know how far I've come with it you know we're looking back a year ago and now looking at it you know it was quite an achievement and uh yeah we've had some really nice vegetables and fruit and yeah um didn't grow any courgettes this year because last year we went mad they went berserk and we had so many that I don't didn't think I'll ever eat one again um and I think because everyone up there also shared things like I've shared I've grown things from seed and I thought god I'm not going to have any work for 20 cabbages um, so I've given some away to other plot holders and they've given me things like they, I have loads of strawberry plants given to me and it's just really nice to have that because you, you know you're sharing things but also it's saving you money but also it's just it's nice to be part of that and to be part of that sort of Everyone's sort of really, you know, it's okay. Oh, my dog doesn't like the postman either. No. I, poor postman. Oh, Lila just doesn't like him. I, it, it's really, you know, she'll bark, but the postman, and, and it's not as if he's done, done it into her. She never gets to see him. He just comes up the street and she's like going mental. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's the postman. It's the postman. He's a nice man. She like, she literally would run up to him and start barking. If he went down to stroke her, she would run a mile. She's all, all bravado. Oh no, she's a big pet, Lila. She would actually see if he see if he she, he got in to see her, she'd be jumping about like wanting him to clap her. She yeah. would she would be like, Yeah, it's the friend I'm like, <laughs> Why are you barking at him but you want him to this I don't know, but it's just puppies isn't it? But um yeah. but yeah, definitely allotments are great and and, and I could just talk about them all day. I just think they're brilliant. I think 
it, they're just it's just it's great to just be out and, and, and like you're saying, like I think we lost a bit of that sense of community. I think when I was younger, you know, your neighbours, you would all kind of, sh- like you're saying, share stuff. Whereas I think nowadays, people tend to go in their houses and they shut the door and they don't yeah. always, you don't know your neighbours. Yeah. Whereas when I was no, young, neighbours would come in for like tea, coffee, but they would just come in and just, or you would go into your neighbours yeah. and chat. Or I think a wee bit we've lost that and I think hopefully allotments is it'll bring people back together hopefully I think so. but and community gardens as well uh-huh. I think doing um, the, the fact that the government is sort of now pushing for um, people to, you know to, for housing companies when they are building these big new estates to have an area for a community garden is fantastic and I think that's a really good idea um, because people, especially for people, um, may feel isolated um, and may be, um, you know, difficult, have some sort of disability or um, suffer with mental health. It's so good for people to be doing something outside and together that takes them out of their sort of stresses of their life and um, or their illness and. It gives people a sense of worth, I think, because to, to build a garden and to, to go out and garden just, I think, can give you so much joy because you, you focus on it and everything else in the world just dissipates. All your stresses and strains of life just completely goes and you can just completely focus, um, which is really good for you because to be able to concentrate on one thing that you get enjoyment out of is so good for you and that's what I think that it will people will find with communal gardens and building a community and like you say we've lost that really with people being so driven sort of with, with very stressful jobs these days and women and men in both households working full time and not having enough time for anybody else or anything else so I think it's important to build these places where people can come and just be just be <laughs> yeah definitely Maria you're, you're an interesting woman I could talk to you all day but um, <laughs> I think we're now now we're kind of run, run into and we've talked for um, two Zoom meetings for almost 45 minutes oh my god <laughs> I better let you go but you're not going to get anything else done today but yes listen I'll have you on again you know I definitely I'm going to have to try and get some longer meetings but um, thanks so much for coming on and thanks for oh, sharing thank your story you. I found it amazing to chat to like you said just to chat some, to somebody who shares your passion and just it's great yeah. to hear um, how gardening's helped you so thank you very much and I'm going to let you thank go you. guys thanks to maria for coming on today and being so open and honest about why she started gardening and really speaking honestly and open about her mental health and how gardening has just changed her life i think it's amazing to get people talking and also an important thing that maria brought up was talking about looking after the environment and looking after the animals and just really thinking about outdoors and how we kind of look after 
wildlife and live together. So thanks thanks so much to Maria for coming on. It was so interesting to talk to you and I really could have talked for hours. It was really interesting. We'll definitely have you back on the show. Next up is Ben who's going to talk to us about his gardening journey. So keep tuned and listen to the next podcast. Thanks for thanks for listening.